How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Emerald City Hockey Post Game Live. I mean, RJ got our first point of the season. That's, I mean, that's not nothing, right? Yeah, I mean, that is that is what they base the whole standings off of is points. So, you know, th there's one there. It's it's half a win, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's there. Um, this one was another rough one uh, all the way around. Another one where the Kraken played really, really well throughout this game and just weren't able to finish on so many different chances, uh, including in the shootout. Uh, we'll get to all that, though. But the bottom line is, RJ, this was the end of that road trip. Kraken are going to be coming home to Seattle, uh, which is one of the six locations of Flat Stick Pub, uh, our sponsor for Most Game Live this year. How's that? I'm nice segue there, Dylan. You know, after all these losses, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, and you know what? Hey, we can kick things off right. Uh, you know, the Kraken are going to be looking to turn it around, try to get their first win at home in front of all of the fans in Seattle. And Flatstick's right there with everybody. Wants to make it special, which is why they're running the season-long special over there at their South Lake Union location, where if you can go and show your Kraken ticket, you get 50% off games ahead of time, right? Like, I know certainly for Tuesday, there's going to be a lot of excited, nervous energy going on right it might be a fun time to go and play some games over at flat stick and then of course after the game can go hopefully celebrate a win with one dollar off of beers i think it sounds like a lot of fun definitely can't wait to to see people show up there send us picks all that kind of good stuff um yep. turning the, back the mini golf hockey crossover is always good you know you can do your uh your happy gilmore are you too good for your home uh impression yes. as i'm sure the kraken are probably feeling right now yes um rj <laughs> Oh, man. Turn it back to this game. So they get the point. And let's start with the shootout, okay? Just because I think, you know, it's it's the most recent thing that happened. It's in everybody's mind. Um, we saw Maddie Beneers lead things off. Surprise for you? Uh, a little bit. I mean, they did go to him in the, the practice shootout in the uh, preseason against the Oilers, where both teams elected to have a shootout. He had a really nice move. It was the only Kraken goal in the shootout. So I was excited to see that. So uh, not too surprised, um, but definitely pleasantly surprised that Hackstall went with a pair of new shooters that we haven't really seen as the first two slots like Beniers and Bjorkstrand. Those are the two that I personally would have picked if I was in charge of the shootout lineup. That's it's rare that I can say that, uh, that Hackstall goes to the two that I would go with um, because Bjorkstrand also looked really good in the shootout practice that they did. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, it was a practice at the end of training camp, basically after all the last preseason games were over and all the players got a few different attempts and Bjorkstrand, two for two with some really nice moves. So I'm glad Hackstall did take notice of that at least. Yeah, no, I, I was excited to see that as well. Um, you know, just pulling out something different still didn't go to what the people want RJ, which is Adam Larson. Again, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe what they would have scored in the shootout. Maybe. What I really want is the all defenseman lineup, though. That's true. Larson, Alexiak, and Borgen. Those would be my three shooters, ideally. Yes, we've seen nothing uh, that says it wouldn't work worse than what, what has happened so far. Uh, <laughs> how's that for some words? Uh, looking over at chat, Michael, no finishers in regulation, overtime, or in the shootout. Pathetic. We all knew this was going to go poorly in the shootout. Why are all of them afraid to shoot the puck and choose the worst times to shoot in overtime? I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think the shootout, we've seen far worse shootout like attempts from the crack in, in the past than what we saw tonight. I will say this. I, I'm right back on that bandwagon, RJ, of yes, you're holding on to the puck in overtime. It means nothing can hurt you, but like you have to try for the win, right? Like, isn't I mean, that the point of the game? It is the best strategic way to play overtime. It really is. Of course, that does assume that you are at least semi-competent in the shootout. And I don't think that's an assumption we can make about the Kraken anymore. They might need to ramp up their aggressiveness in overtime a little bit, just given the state that they're in in the shootout, unfortunately. Yeah, I can't wait for my streamy award for that great uh, dramatic performance I had while you said that. Uh, <laughs> Coop, how do you lose a game like that? Well, I mean... Look, it's it's tough, right? In, in in some ways, it's the opposite from the last game against the Predators. And in some ways, it's exactly the same, RJ, where it feels like the Kraken had this one against a team that, at least on paper, seems like a, a an inferior opponent. Um, whereas in the Nashville game, you, you know, you gave up an insane amount of expected goals and Philip Grubauer really kept you in it. In this one, it was it was the opposite. The Kraken very solidly, uh, you know, in 65 
plus percent territory on the winnow meter, right? They were doing everything that they could. They were doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, and they still just couldn't walk out of there with two points. Yeah, I mean, they made it a really manageable game on Joey Decord, and, and Decord backed them up really well. I mean, you know, only allowing one goal in the game on really, I think, probably the Blues' best chance of the night. It all just made sense. It's just one of those games where you really hope that you know, more than one goal goes in for you. The power play even worked. We'll get to that a little bit later probably too, but, you know, you hope to score at least one at even strength uh, given, you know, the expected goals there. At five on five, I guess Kraken generated one and a half expected goals per money puck. You know, you're, you're hoping to not get zero when you generate 1.5 expected goals there. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, DJ and Tay, I don't ask for much. All I want is to just score a goal in a shootout, not even to win it, just score once. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're with you. Uh, Coop, Oliver Bjorkstrand can't not hit the post. It's true, RJ. <laughs> It's an early season thing for him. I mean, you know, he wasn't getting the puck luck at all last season either. You know, just I know he'll put it together at some point. It's just uh, unfortunate for him. Yeah. Lindsay with a good one here in Spain without the S. Joey deserves some goal support. Darn shootout. Ugh. And then Coop on the bright side, though, Joey looks legit. Joey does look legit. Joey Decord came out and look, he followed up a great Philip Grubauer performance in that previous game uh, in which the Kraken, you know, still fell three nothing. And then followed that up with a performance himself that was really really solid rj i mean he made some big time saves for them yeah solid is the word that comes to mind for me too i mean he's just really calm in his crease you know or outside his crease if he wants to come play the puck um but it just looks like nothing's gonna beat him that's not you know a gimme type of chance and um that's a really good presence to have in your net and to see these three games it got me asking the question is this the best three game stretch of kraken goaltending we've seen i ever maybe it's certainly better than anything we saw in the inaugural season last year maybe martin jones kind of strung three games together probably where he looked like this good or better but yeah. it's got to be close in my book i was just gonna say i think this is the best stretch we've ever seen from the kraken with multiple goaltenders right it doesn't feel yeah. like the kraken have ever had multiple goaltenders turn in performances the way that philip grubauer has after the first two games and then joey uh with what he was able to do tonight that i don't think has happened uh, for the kraken yet uh in their franchise's history but it looks like we're there now and that's that's really exciting and you know what look if the offense when the offense is able to figure things out you know if the goaltending is going to be like this from both philip grubauer and joey decord kraken will they'll, they'll be all right um let's see james we stink <laughs> shootout is horrid still no offense no star player just horrid to have only one point after these first three games i mean i know that's going to be the sentiment from everybody rj and, and you know what i guess they're kind of right in the sense that yeah you should have walked away from this three-game stretch with more than one point it's one thing you know vegas while they're raising their banner all that stuff yeah everybody would love to play spoilers there but you also know vegas probably isn't losing that game but against Nashville and then St. Louis, these these aren't like I don't think they're going to be playoff teams, RJ. Like you got to no. at least pick up one of them. Yeah, they're beatable opponents, and and I know on the Red Glare podcast too, I was I was pretty uh, in favor of St. Louis, you know, doing better than they did last season. I thought they were looking better. I think I texted you mid game, like, okay, I might have yeah. been wrong about that. You know, they do look like a beatable team, and it's all about banking standings points against teams that you need to take care of business against. That's where the Kraken had all their success really for the last couple of months of the season uh, last year, they could not beat a playoff team. It felt like to save their lives, but they took care of business against the Nashvilles and the St. Louis's of the world. And you're going to need to start doing that pretty soon. Uh, if you're going to want to be in the playoff hunt. Well, maybe it's the opposite from last year. Maybe they're, they'll come out and they'll just smoke the avalanche and not, we're not, we're all going to be happy again. There, there's not going to be any worries. Um, go check yourself. I like this one. This is interesting. Teams with yellow on their Jersey are our kryptonite. <laughs> but in all seriousness, mm. let's say we looked our best in this one so far, a couple inches difference, and we'd all be singing a different tune. I do agree with that. This, you know, they, it looked like they were able to build off of that first 10 minutes of success that they had against Nashville in the previous game. And they were able to carry that over with a 65 minute performance tonight yeah i mean they were and i think it's definitely more consistent than than previous performances and it just keeping the the you know chances against as low as they were able to do it normally you think this is kind of a blueprint for success you get your at least one point and that's assuming the bounces really don't go your way which they didn't tonight mm -hmm. and then you've got overtime or the shootout to try and get that second point and for most teams that's at least a 50 50 proposition you know it's, it's generally a good blueprint for success 
Yeah, assuming you're a team that shoots in overtime. Uh, Brian, <laughs> our goaltending has been solid. Our defense put in great work tonight. Our PK remains perfect. We got a power play goal. Where is our five-on-five -five offense? So there's a couple things in there to break down. One, the PK is like ridiculous this year. I know that's been something that the Kraken have always kind of been pretty good at, but this year especially, it. I don't know what you're supposed to do against it, to be perfectly honest. I mean, at some point, other teams are going to want to be asking, like we are, uh, can we decline power plays, right? Like, instead of having to face this unit, they're so solid. Uh, and then, yeah, we did score on the power play, RJ. That's true. And and it was a good power play goal. It wasn't anything fluky. You get a shot in from the point. You use the extra man to have somebody pretty much unguarded in front of the net. Jaden Schwartz takes advantage of that with a tip that Biddington had no chance of stopping. That's exactly how you draw it up. Yeah, it, no, exactly. It's it's all good. And then, you know, finishing, it could be a little fluky at times. I can't imagine the entire team with all of the, the shooters that they have are all going to stay cold. For too much longer that it just doesn't happen like that right rj yeah it just doesn't i mean guys the puck will start going in you know maybe shot selection too i know that's something that you kind of pointed out to me mid-game you know maybe could be a little better but i think that's something that'll improve as well yeah there's a lot of shots where they're trying to go high and they they kind of miss wide a little bit i will say this though in this one i felt like there was a lot more rebounds now whether that was jordan binnington or it was them shooting for rebounds i thought vince dunn actually did a good job of kind of shooting for rebounds from the point a couple times when he had time and space so i i, I think they're getting there i think they're figuring it out uh it's just a matter of time now b shootout loss disappointing but not surprising rip <laughs> uh uh x kid z got one point in the standings that's progress i guess also sprong is tied with the kraken in goals scored yeah i mean somebody was gonna bring it up rj <laughs> I mean, I, I brought it up on Twitter earlier today, too, just because I was happy for him. You know what I mean? Get Getting that opportunity in Detroit, two goals in two games. I, I can't say that any of us are really surprised, um, yeah. but, uh, you know, good for Daniel Sprong there. Yeah. Um, let's see, Coop. Having two posts and a goal disallowed in a 1-1 shootout loss is as brutal as it gets, man. I mean, there's the there's those. There's the Adam Larson, you know, shot that fabulous save by Bennington in overtime on that one. Let's go back to the goal disallowed, though, RJ, just because that was a big you know, factor in this game. Um, did you have any thoughts on it one way or another? It looked like goalie interference to me. Yeah, it, I thought it was the right call. Uh, you know, and I, I said as much at the time, too. I mean, what it comes down to is the goalie has to be allowed to play his position and defend his net. And the puck was coming right at Bennington's blocker. He reaches out to go deflect the puck or away and to stop the puck and the stick does make contact with his arm and move it down. That's pretty directly interfering with the goalie's ability to do his job. That one was pretty clear cut to me. Yeah. Me, me as well. Um, Hunter year one vibes pain. Now before this game, Hunter, I would have agreed with you, but after this game, I'm going to say it's a different type of pain because year one, if everybody can remember, I thought about this earlier, even before the game, uh, goaltending was the problem, right? The team could score. It was just goaltending was historically bad. Philip Grubauer was historically bad. Uh, this year, it's the exact opposite problem, right? We are getting phenomenal goaltending performances from both Grubauer and now also Joey Decord. Team can just not score our goal to save their lives right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the exact opposite. And, and also in year one too, the defense wasn't doing the goalies any favors either. Uh, and you know, the defense has been pretty darn solid. I mean, tonight was probably their best defensive performance all season. It's yeah. It just looks different. I don't know. Which one do you prefer Dylan? Um, I, I feel like this, it's a little more optimistic. You like, you can find some optimism and you can say like, well, at some point they're going to start going in. Right. It's a lot harder than, you know, Maybe At some point the goalie's going to stop puck. one. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> the defense is going to make good passes and stay yeah. in position. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe there won't <laughs> be three breakaways a game against. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely that. Um, are the Kraken doing something different schematically causing them to not score? Or is it just bad luck and bad bounces, RJ? Uh, I mean, I think puck luck does factor into it, but also like shot selection. I, I do agree with you. I think that is a factor there as well. Um, but yeah, the puck luck really hasn't been going their way. I think that's maybe a bigger factor than anything schematically they're doing. They're getting offensive zone time. And, and in this game, they're putting pucks to the net too. Um, eventually some of those are going to find their way in. Yeah, no, it's a good question. And it's one where it's, yeah, I, we've seen multiple, you know, breakaways or two on one opportunities for this team. Right. And Unlike previous years, it feels like they're actually taking shots on those, right? They're not like forcing a pass because they just 
feel like they have to. Um, I feel like that's been improving. I think the defense is activating in a way we haven't normally seen from them in the past, but in a more positive way. Um, and especially, you know, with them kind of activating, stepping up and trying to find a player backdoor. I feel like the Kraken are also trying to make plays from behind the net more than they ever have before and, and try to find guys kind of in that low slot to get a good shot off. I think these are all positive progressions from a system or schematic standpoint it's just going to be a matter of time and in-game reps i think and i think that's another reason why i'm so kind of you know still fairly optimistic that they're going to turn the whole scoring thing around like i said last time you've got too many good players on this roster too many guys who are capable of scoring 25 plus goals in this league to not start scoring goals at some point um it's just a matter of kind of figuring out some of those little things there um can we pull our pennies and buy some goals from john <laughs> i i wish it was that easy <laughs> yep salary cap league can't do it sorry yep um Lindsay got to run around cpa counterclockwise to reverse the curse that somehow clearly put on this team <sighs> It, it's worth a shot, Lindsay. If you're going on Tuesday, give us give it a go for us. That's one of the benefits of home ice advantage. So you've been on the road. You can't do that in the visiting arenas. But at least it's very difficult to do that. Uh, got to do it at home. Yep. And then Jen pointing out, we've got 79 games to go and they haven't played at home yet. That's true too, right, RJ? Just, you know, we talked about the differences between year one and year three now. Uh, now let's look at differences between year two and year three, where this was a road warrior team, couldn't win at home. It's entirely possible that it's exactly reversed so far this year. We haven't seen anything to tell us that it isn't yet. Yeah, 2023-24, the reversed season where everything just looks different. And we talked about it on the podcast, right? Like we said, the Kraken probably going to have a similar finish to where they did last year. It's what we were projecting. It was just going to look very different. So far, it, it has looked very different. Yeah, no, it has. Um, from Brian, my stars, Joey Decor, Jaden Schwartz, Jamie Alexiak. Um, I obviously Joey's got to be number one, right, RJ? If we're looking at cracking yeah, stars, no question. I think Jaden Schwartz is a good pick. Who would you go for three? Because I might go with um Burakovsky myself. He had a really good game, and I, I did like his game tonight. But you know what? I'd go with Jamie Alexiak. I agree with Brian here. I actually think he's probably been the Kraken's maybe second-best defenseman this season from just the eye test of what I've seen. Uh, he's looked a lot more confident. He's jumped into the play a lot more. He's mm -hmm. done a really good job handling the puck and also you know, making passes, especially in the offensive zone, like surprising stuff you wouldn't expect yeah. to see from him. And then also he's been really solid and physical defensively too. Um, I don't know if he had the hit maybe a little bit too physical at times where he kind of took out Butchnevich. I think that was him. Um, you know, maybe I, I didn't really get a good look at it. But I know the Blues broadcast was really playing that one up. But anyway, I like the game from Alexiak overall. And so far this season, I, I think he's really yeah. stepped up. Yeah, no, he's he's playing fantastic. Um, I, I like what Jamie has brought. And really, I like the fact that there's a really solid equilibrium between him and Will Borgen this year as a defensive pairing. And that was something that was iffy at times last year and through the playoffs we'll say uh and and this year it seems like they've really kind of figured it out especially in the offensive zone um they're they're not both jumping into a play at the same time they they kind of seemingly have found some sort of clear boundaries for when one should start doing one thing when the other kind of slides over more towards the middle in case there's an, a rush coming back the other way um they're just and then in the defensive zone too we're not seeing them both chase a puck into the same corner or behind the net the way that we did a lot last year so um whatever they did to get on the same page with each other over the offseason through training camp through preseason it's worked beautifully. And the fact that the Kraken then kind of then have two really solid and really in sync defensive pairs might be part of the reason the goaltending is also better, right? It's a lot easier to be a good goaltender when you've got some more solid defense in front of you. So yeah, defensively, this whole team has just really stepped it up this season. Gregory, at least we got a point. Can't wait to see them in person on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, enjoy the game, Gregory. And at some point, we'll be able to enjoy a lemon lime Gatorade on this post-game live. Just not quite yet. Edward, just like Lincoln Park, I've become so numb. Oh, now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head the rest of the broadcast. Thanks. Uh, but it's true. <laughs> I, I, I know, definitely know where you're coming from. Um, Rebecca missed most of the game, but Joey looks so sharp at the end. Curious to hear everyone's takeaways from this one. I mean, we've kind of been going through it. Um, 
throughout. But the bottom line is Kraken look good. They just need to finish. Um, let's see. Yeah, well said. <laughs> Belmar may be better at faceoffs than him, but we uh but we know for damn sure that Shane can finish a heck of a lot better than Beard can. It was a very Shane Wright style setup for that first period, uh, you know, great shot attempt for Belmar RJ, where it just kind of, you know, he slid over into the slot, puck comes right out to him. Uh yeah, Shane maybe yep. finishes that better. Maybe. I mean, that's that's a Shane Wright setup for sure, though. I mean, Pareko, I think, got a little bit lucky that his stick was in the exact right place, but still a good look overall. And I think this is the best the fourth line's passing has looked all season. They're really starting to get in sync there. And, um, you know, not it doesn't have anything to do with the Tanev absence. I think it's just having consistently the same guys on the fourth line for two games in a row. I think they're really starting to get into a groove. Yeah. Lindsay, did Ron make a mistake not qualifying Daniel Sprong? What would our roster look like if we kept him? No Yamamoto? Probably. Yeah, I think almost certainly no Yamamoto. It's a difficult case with Daniel Sprong because the qualifying offer was really cheap, but then you have to go to arbitration, arbitration. with him. And that it's an ugly, ugly process if you can't reach a deal. And Daniel Sprong, he ends up signing one year, $2 million in Detroit. I don't know that he takes that same deal with Seattle. I don't think he does. I think it looks more expensive. And all of a sudden now you're talking about not just foregoing Yamamoto, but probably somebody else too. Maybe you're not able to sign a, well, a Brian Dumoulin. I'm like, that's not the best argument, but still, you know, you have less money to work with. And, you know, I, I just, I don't think, you know, I don't think it, it really makes sense after that arbitration process. It just would get too ugly. It was it was going to get ugly. You know, keep in mind, they were looking at the fact that, you know, Ty Cartier played his way onto this team as well. They were going to need to find a spot for him. Um, I mean, there was just a lot of things that went into it. They knew they needed to bring in somebody like a Belmar, a center who could win faceoffs, provide some veteran leadership, somebody who's won cops, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, they, they had to do that. Uh, I just think they had a lot of stuff going on. And again, again. If John Hayden doesn't get hurt last year, Daniel Sprong doesn't play like the last quarter of the season and the playoffs on this team, most likely, right? Like Haxtell was actively moving away from him. Uh, so there was obviously a feeling, at least within the coaching staff, that, you know, he wasn't a fit or he wasn't going, he wasn't really a fit for what they wanted to be doing. And so I just don't know that it was ever even like an option in their minds to go down that road. Right. With this coaching staff, I, I just don't think it was really tenable to to keep Sprong there. Yeah. Um, Sean's still not concerned about scoring. I mean, we've talked about it a, a decent amount so far. Uh, concerned, maybe. Panicked yet? No. Uh, we've got to see a home game first. Um, Coop. Now, this was also a big topic on the Discord earlier during the game, RJ. Resident Wenberg hater here, just reminding everyone he turned the puck over right in front of the net in the last five seconds of regulation and made Joey bail him out. Now, it wasn't necessarily that play that everybody was talking about in Discord, but there was a lot of talk of Alexander Wenberg in the Discord and whether or not, you know, he's he's the right fit on this team, if he's just a mid-player, all that kind of stuff. And it's I think it's it's something we should really talk about on the deep dive because I think it's a larger um, problem for the Kraken. Something, again, that I talked about last time where you have all these guys on these mid range deals and kind of none of them are producing. So then it bears the question of is it them? Is it something else? Um, which we don't again, don't need to get into here. Uh, but I will say, you know, I, I just don't know that Wenberg is is maybe being used right, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, because it's tough because he's put into this basically second line center kind of role. And I think ideally he's probably a three C, but the Kraken don't really have anyone, you know, who can kind of step up and like, look, the Gord Tolvin and Bjorkstrand line has really good moments, but it's not a proper second line. And so you're kind of balancing these two, you know, two and a half third lines. And Wenberg probably does get into a bigger assignment than, than is good for him. And I thought that line looked better today than it has in the first two games. But a lot of that was driven by Andre Burakovsky and, and Jaden Schwartz to a lesser extent I think um you know with with Wenberg too there was one where uh, Edzo was really getting on him this play where he said you know Wenberg needs to be harder there harder on the puck uh, he bent you know where he kind of gives away the puck doesn't really fight that hard to get it back puck goes to his feet again and he doesn't really work that hard to get it back loses that battle and then it goes down the ice a little bit further and he ends up taking a penalty skating backwards it was a really soft penalty 
Like I'll, I'll yeah. give him that. It was just a little kind of tiny chop yeah. on the opponent's stick. But the reason that penalty is called is because you lost those two battles prior to it. And now you're trying to make up for that. The ref sees you're kind of on your heels and you know, you're not using your body or using your stick to try and make a play. And that's why the, the hand goes up. Yeah. And I'll also, again, point out when we signed him uh, after that one year he had in Florida as a free agent that for, for that first season in, in Seattle, he wasn't like an offensive powerhouse. Like that's not who Alexander Wenberg was. He was a really defensively responsible center. And so to ask him to be your second line center with somebody like an Andre Burakovsky to try to go out and, and make a lot of offense, that's it's kind of just not who he he was and it's not who he has been really throughout his career. Talking about somebody who that year in Florida, he had a career high in goals of 17, but before that had never had more than 13 in a season. Yeah. Right. And so, and he only had 29 points that year in Florida that earned him that contract. It was a year. A lot of people were talking about Alexander Wenberg, but again, you're talking about a 29 point player. So it's, I think it's, there's different expectations because he is centering that second line. But I, I think they're unfair expectations for him, given really what we knew about him as a player before he came in. Yeah, um, I should point out, I see a Brandon Harvey Coop all coming in, kind of talking about, you know, that, that maybe Wenberg, uh, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be or is not playing very well. I, I do see your comments there. And, and Coop, you know, what does Wenberg yeah. know about you guys? You defend him to the death. I, I thought I was fairly critical there. Ba- the basics pointing out 1934 of time on ice for Wenberg tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, he's getting a lot of ice time, right? They, they give him the most ice time amongst forwards usually. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that he isn't producing offensively or what. Like, I'm agreeing that he's not producing offensively. I'm agreeing that he's not a great offensive player, right? The numbers back that up. I'm just saying, understand that. Yes, his production might not be reaching second line center potential, but he shouldn't be the second line center anyway. Like, that's not who he was beforehand. Um, uh, so I think it's it's one of those weird situations. Um, Andy, what if our defense plays better with goalies other than Grooves because they have a lower expectation of them, relatively speaking, lol? Um, but we play more loose because they expect lights out Grew. That's a that's a pretty, I guess I don't know if it's ever been proven, RJ, but it's it's certainly something that's been thought about in league circles forever. Which is you know when the backups in there, the team kind of picks it up a little bit for that regular season game. Cause you know, the backups in there, and especially if it's a young guy, you really want to go out there and play well for them. Whereas when it's your starter, who's going to play, you know, two thirds, if not more of your games, it's easier to just kind of fall into the motion, so to speak. So um, if the Kraken play that way, I, I don't know that anybody would ever admit to it either. If the Kraken play that way, that's the way all 32 teams play. Like that's just, kind of the way it yeah it's, it's kind of a common anecdote that, that is you know thrown out there that, that people do see but yeah i don't know of any like no actual numbers that have been run on that now this is an interesting one from john i think we need to break up burakovsky and wenberg they're perfectly good players but they're just too passive to be on the same line i agree i don't think they necessarily work well together at all um i think berkey's actually a fairly aggressive player he's one of the few guys on this team rj who will actually like kind of lower his shoulder try to protect the puck and make a drive towards the net it's just that on that second line certainly wenberg isn't going to be a center that's going to kind of dive in through the slot right to kind of back that play up that's not his style so i do think there is something to maybe trying to break them up the problem is the kraken haven't been able to find the home for berkey yet Yeah. And I've been saying it since the start of camp. I mean, that's just kind of the leftover line just created because the other two lines work well together. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie, what does this team do well besides the goaltending play defense in front of the goaltending? (laughs) Get a lot of shots. I mean, they're, they're doing that. Uh, (laughs) Oh man. Ayers, how's it going? ECH in chat. How do you like Decord so far? Love him played fantastic yeah he's fantastic he's great been playing this way for a while too just good to see it in a in a regular season game this year yeah um all right here's another one from coop coop's having a night in here i love it uh (laughs) i just don't buy that every opposing goalie has the game of their night against us bennington is the third goalie in a row to have a, a 960 plus save percentage the only constant factor is kraken shooters is it time to put that 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 saying to bed RJ, is it time to just say, Hey, it's a Kraken problem. It's not the fact that these goalies are always lights out against us. 
I mean, it's the same answer to the finishing question. You know, give him a home game or two and see if that that luck comes back. You know, the Kraken aren't going to continue at this pace, scoring you know two goals every three, two thirds of a goal per game. You know, that's just not going to continue its way all season. So I just want to see the dam break for the first time and, and have you know some good shooting luck for a little bit, and then you know we can kind of see where it rests. Yeah, Joey, and I know Lindsay's pointed out earlier, teams in trouble, Avalanche, Rangers, and Hurricanes coming up. I know it sounds tough, all right? But think about it this way. If the Kraken are able to say, go on a three-game win streak against those three teams, we're probably not having any of the conversations we're having now or had uh, back on Thursday either, right? Like, th this is an opportunity for the Kraken to kind of step up kind of go, okay, that was a little bit of an embarrassing road trip. Let's pull it together. Let's go to work. Let's go. And they can kind of meet this challenge head on. We still don't know that they aren't going to do that yet. So I, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, considering we're what, it's October 14th. I'm still willing to stay optimistic. I am too. And again, we all know that in the NHL, any team can meet any other team on any given night. You know, it all depends how you play. And I think the Kraken match up pretty well against Colorado, too. I mean, you know, of course, thought that going to the playoffs last year. And the the Avs, I just took a little peek. They're losing one nothing to the Sharks right now. So, you know, in the second period, they don't more than halfway through the game. You know, they don't look unbeatable. You, you can beat them if you play a solid game. Yeah, it's regular season hockey. Every Nobody's unbeatable. Everyone can be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except the Bruins last year. That was weird. Uh, uh, Russ, technically Green Lantern's weakness is yellow, but I don't want to look like the nerd in chat. Don't worry about it. I, I certainly with Green Lantern, You've got I will, Dylan the I will out stream here. Yeah. Yes. I, I, well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but I feel fairly confident I could out nerd anybody on Green Lantern in this chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least we finally know it doesn't matter who takes the shootout from Justin. That's true. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. It really does. Uh, uh, at least they tried something different. I'm just, you know what? I'm happy with Hackstall on that. Yeah, I really am. Yep. Um, let's see. Absurdly saying, I'm not concerned. They look so much better tonight, and they're only going to get better. I again, it is. We we started off talking about that, right, RJ? We can bring it back up for anybody who's who's joining chat uh, more recently. But yes, I mean the team is getting better game to game, right? Uh, I mean there was certainly issues uh in that nashville game as it got towards the end there but they went from having a 10 minute stretch in that nashville game where they looked really dominant to to really close to 65 full minutes in this one where they were really in there and i felt like they you know the the money puck winnow meter this is the one time it doesn't lie rj uh in my in my words uh and it is tonight the kraken were the better team out there on the ice they were. And I mean, I'm looking on Twitter here. I think, you know, Dave Haxtell agrees. I'm seeing that people said he he said that tonight they had a really good game, he thought. So and I and I do agree with that assessment. They are getting better. He talked this morning about wanting to just have a more consistent effort. He felt like they had good stretches, but they have not put it together for a 60 minute game. I thought there really was, you know, kind of no big drop off in this game. They did put together a 60, 65 minute effort. Right. And again, you know, you get one of those that goes off the post, it goes in. We're not having this conversation. It doesn't go to a shootout, right? Kraken are in the win column. They're, they're taking the two points home. So it, it can be that close sometimes. Jay, here I am once again, chat, simply asking you to click the like button. Always appreciate Thank it, you, Jay. Jay. Very much. Aaron, a point is better than nothing, but they got to find some offense. Again, I think they will. They're, they're working on a lot of new stuff. Um, you can tell watching how they behave in the offensive zone. We are seeing more Kraken at the net, RJ, than we've ever seen before in the regular season. It's true. I mean, it does look different and it's something that's kind of carried over from training camp through the preseason to now. And that's, you know, why I gave, you know, some of these rave reviews to the ways that they were looking at times during training camp. You can tell they're trying it. It just, it takes some time to come together. Yep. Joey, they need to change up the lines. Three games and two goals. Oh, it just jumped on me. Apologies. Uh, that's horrible. Um, do you, <laughs> do you think that they make a change or do you think they wait through, you know, a couple home games that they got coming up? Like when, Assuming things don't change, I guess, RJ, when would you think that Hagstall would try a shuffle? I think if they don't look good against Colorado, that would be the time. But I, it sounds like Hackstall thought that they had a good game tonight. It just, you know, bounces or, you know, the, the shootout skills competition, you know, didn't go their way. It sounds like he's not too discouraged. I know he's not one to rush to changes on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't expect to see really any any lineup changes going to the next one. Okay. Uh, Aside from Grubauer starting. 
you know. <laughs> yes. Um, Michael, by far the worst start to a season in franchise history. Maddie has been the most disappointing to me. When your team just can't score goals, your stats have to take over. And when they don't, you lose. Uh, and then the very next comment, Nick, a star player is essential. Don't pull a Mariners <laughs> like that. Um, so it's kind of two things, right? Because we've long talked about Maddie as as kind of the the star of this team or the future star of this team, RJ. And yeah, I mean, he's struggling offensively alongside everybody else. Are you kind of concerned with Maddie's play so far? Are you worried that maybe he isn't going to take a next step? Where are you at with him? I mean, as with a lot of these things, not yet. He, I will say certainly through these first three games, he hasn't looked like the proper difference maker that we all know he can be. And we all project him to be. Um, but you know, we've seen him kind of hit these production walls before. We saw it last season, and I still think he's not looking bad. He's still doing a lot of the little things well, and that's something that Hackstall will tell you anytime you want to talk about Maddie maybe not producing as much as you would like. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, in order to be a star player, you've, you've got to put up, you know, 70 plus points or so, and you've got to really be that guy. So far, he hasn't looked like it, but it's still really early in the season. I feel like it wouldn't be fair to to jump on him this early. It's it's interesting, too, because he had a breakaway in each of the first two games and he had a two on one tonight. So he's still he is generating chances like they're he's creating things. He's out there for things. He is trying to play aggressive. So I'll give him that Uh, the finishing. Yeah, uh, he could be better there. We still don't know long term what kind of NHL finisher he is going to be. Right. It's very early on in his career. I will say this, though, back in the 2021 draft, when the Kraken had that second overall pick, Owen Power goes first. They had the choice between Matty Beneers and Mason McTavish, and they chose to go with the player more so in line with Ron Francis back when he was a player where it's a more complete center. Right. We knew at that time Maddie's offensive game wasn't really there. Maddie himself spoke at that draft about how his offensive game wasn't there. He needed to work on a shot. His shot was not good enough at the time. Um, and so it's it's one of those things where I hate to be the guy who just keeps his like, well, remember, he's not really an offensive guy. That that isn't his MO. Um, but it's kind of true with Maddie Veneers, too. I agree with Nick. You need a star player in this league. You just do. I think that's true really in all sports now. Uh, there are just guys that are difference makers who can take over a game and and score and win when it matters. Uh, I think Maddie could turn into that, but I don't know that he's always going to do it through scoring, right? It might be through something else, a big defensive play, and then Jared McCann goes and scores. That works too. Um, but it is one where like the Kraken had that, that choice, right? You could have gone with the offensive dynamo and Mason McTavish, but it was going to take him longer to get to the league. Uh, he wasn't going to win a Calder trophy, right? Like Maddie did. He wasn't going to play good defense. And it was going to take him years to become a number one center as the ducks are seeing now. Um, and instead they went for Maddie. They wanted a complete player that they could build around a player who could step in sooner and a player that they feel like is more important come playoff time than all this regular season stuff where yeah, counting stats are great, but at the end of the day, you want a guy that, you know, you can lean on in a game seven type of situation. And he's going to be able to go out there against the best of the best and kind of hold his own in in different ways and so that's kind of my overall thoughts on maddie and i think it's you know it's again it's it's one where we'll be able to look at that for a long time right and and see how things end up but i just think it's too early right now um jules with the super chat here uh damn my co-worker called it going to a shootout rip (laughs) yes (laughs) oh i know oh rj this I game just had the, the overtime type of feel for a while. You just felt like nobody else was going to get that second goal once it was one to one. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find some stuff because we've, we've addressed a lot of this stuff so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jen, regardless of everyone's negativity, we're not the team that lost 8 1 versus Vancouver. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Wait, it, this would have a different tone if the Kraken had lost 8-1 to Vancouver at any point in these three games. Yes, exactly. Um, Lindsay, wow, the Kraken's last shootout win was Maddie's uh, first ever game as a Kraken. That's how long it's been. Maddie was just a baby back then. Or it looks like that first home game against the Devils, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's been a long time for a shootout win. That is for sure. <laughs> that is a long time. <laughs> that's a really long time ago. Um, let's see. 
Joe, you're not feeling good with three good teams coming out. There's hope, though. There's hope. Got gotta have hope. Um, <laughs> what happens if the Kraken don't make the playoffs this year? From Pablo. I mean, a little little early to be talking that, RJ. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't think anyone's you know gonna panic, but I get I, it's it's early to be talking playoffs at all. It's a long season. Yeah, uh, Kyrie, here you go, RJ. Is this what Sharks fans feel like? No, this is so much better than how Sharks fans feel. Let me tell you, <laughs> much much better. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, Daniel, I was listening on radio thanks to the Xfinity root situation. Again, sorry, everybody, for that. That's an awful situation. It sounded like we were having a hard time completing passes. Um, I know somewhere else somebody was mentioning that uh, Harvey with Wenberg isn't even making good passes now. I th- I don't know. Again, I feel like the Kraken's passing is actually better this year than last year. Like, remember how many post games we were all just like, they can't complete a pass to save their life. We're seeing a lot more puck movement from them, whether it's to the net front, whether it's back out to a defenseman who's activating and coming in a little bit more, or it's them trying to make those backdoor plays, which again, are a high, uh, a lower percentage chance of working, but a lot higher reward when they do type plays. I don't know. I, I kind of think the Kraken's passing's improved yeah i you know i agree with you and especially like after the first period i even made it one of my little bullet points on my tweet that just the passing looks as good as it has all season i i, I thought especially kind of further down the lineup too you look at uh you know the gord tolvanen and bjorkstrand line and then especially the fourth line kind of getting that chemistry together with their passing um you know brian dumoulin who um you know we, we can talk about if we want to because i thought he had a really solid game tonight but he made a really nice pass to, to spring a two-on-one with eberly and veneers um mm-hmm. and that that's the kind of pass i just don't see them making you know in the last couple games or certainly not last season so i i have liked the passing in in stretches yeah uh daniel asking where you can find number of hit stats so if you're looking for like the team stat you can go to nhl's website it's part of the the box score for the game you can see uh seattle out hit st louis 18 to 7 and then if you scroll down you can see each individual player's um number of hits there as well and then also from daniel again i was only listening but it sounded like dumoulin had a better game i did think dumoulin had a better game in this one in the sense that i didn't notice him doing something obviously bad rj yeah i only noticed it once there there was one that was really rough where he was going back behind his own net and kind of threw it back there to nobody ended up going to a st louis blue for a, a decent chance but again that's one of those where i'm like okay that's that's a chemistry thing. That is not, you know, him losing a step or anything. But I thought he really picked it up tonight. I didn't notice those bad things. And I actually noticed a couple of really good moments from him too, whether it was uh, moving the puck out of his own zone, getting pucks to the net. He just looked more like the Dumoulin that I remember from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Um, just because I'm, I'm getting to like all the stuff where people were responding to the Wenberg stuff. And uh, I don't I don't remember if you read this one from Michael. Maybe Gordline isn't a proper second line, but way more proper second line than Wenny's. It's far past time to shake these lines up. I mean, do you think that there is something to that, RJ? Do you think that um, the Gord line should be more of the second line and kind of get more ice time? Yeah, I mean probably they they certainly in a game like tonight where i thought they did look better than the wenberg line i know in a game where it's one to one and it's kind of close defensively and you really don't want to give up that point like i said the the most important thing you know with five minutes to go like you have to get at least one point out of this game absolute must Mm -hmm. and you put wenberg out there because you know at least in theory he's more solid defensively um yeah i think that is something to you know to consider i'm looking at the the ice time here too like burkowski wenberg schwartz was on the ice for the most five on five time by over a minute difference. And then the second uh, most common line was actually Bjorkstrand Gord Tolvanen. So then the, the McCann veneers Everly line was had the third most five on five ice time. There you go. They already are the second line. It's just the line that maybe nobody wants is the number one line. Yeah. <laughs> I will say yeah, this though. More ice time for the veneers line, I guess looking at that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, right? Um, the other thing is, again, Wenberg always ends up with the most time on ice, but he's also really the only guy who double ups on special teams, right? He's out there PKing, he's out there for power plays. Like, he's kind of the only guy who does that uh, on this forward group. So it it pads his time on ice stat a little bit more. Yeah, Although the Kraken only had one power play too, so that and a lot of penalty kills, so that's going to skew the ice time. Yeah, Um 
Let's see. Uh, I love how active Joey is. Sometimes it's a little scary seeing him come out of the crease, but generally his play is so aggressive. It's fun from Jay. It is RJ. I mean, it's partly why my hair looks like this because there was lots of like moments, <laughs> um, but he's a lot of fun to watch. Oh, for sure. I mean, we saw it in the few games we went down to Coachella Valley, too. I mean, he was so confident with that Firebirds team, especially having a whole season to work with his defenders where everybody knows where he's going to move the puck. Everyone knows how he operates. He was able to do some really cool stuff. I remember Dan Bilesman even pointed out a play and he kind of chuckled. He just loved it. He's like, you know, that play where Joey just like looked off the defender and then sent it with the backhand that nobody saw coming. And you could tell Bilesman was even really entertained by it, too. He's really fun to watch with that puck handling. And so yeah. far, no, you know, huge mistakes or anything. Yeah, no, it, it, not at all. I wish they used him a little bit more in overtime, RJ. Have him come yeah. up to the blue line, right? You need to send it back. Send it back to Joey. Let him let him make a stretch pass when the blues are trying to change, right? Like, come on. They, they worked it to him a couple times. It, it wasn't, you know, they kind of had no other option at that point. But yeah, I mean, you know, let him jump up to the faceoff dots. And just if, if you need him, he's right there. Yep. Uh, Sergio, it's okay. The start is very similar to last year's. I hope we start scoring sooner than we even expect. Uh, expected. We have very good goaltenders and strong defense. It's uh, it looks good. Yeah. I again, uh, thank you to Sergio and thank you to the other people in previous chats for again. This is how we started last year, right? I remember us having to stand up here and instead of Wenberg, we were defending Hackstall because everybody wanted him fired because <laughs> of how the team started last year, and so it. It is one of those things, right, where it does take just a little bit of time. And I guess we do have to have patience, even even though, I mean, nothing in our lives is, is really set up to give us patience anymore. Uh, <laughs> as we're on Twitter for the and Discord for the entire game, right? Yeah. Um, beep boop, season's over. Who are they drafting? Jay with a good even, response there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Three games in season's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so Jared, how do you guys feel about Dumoulin in this game versus the the first two? Again, he, he definitely played better yeah. in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Coop. Okay, I wanted to ask your thoughts. What are your thoughts on Hack starting the second power play and them actually scoring? So they did do that, right? They get the power play that that stems over period to period. RJ, everybody's well rested after intermission. You could go with either power play unit. Sends out the second power play unit. They get the goal. What were your thoughts seeing that? I like that. And it's something that I do like about Hackstall. This goes back to last season. The Kraken, the way they're built, we've talked about, it. they don't really have a, a superstar, you know, who they can put out on the power play, who's just this game breaker that makes it a true number one unit. And so you have two power play units that, uh, you know, can both are both pretty much as equal as capable of scoring as the other right and Haxtell's not afraid to start with the unit that's that's hotter he's not afraid to play the hot hand we saw that with a number of things like the goaltending situation last season but the power play is one part of that as well and so I like that he's willing to do that you know it's it's tough when the power play overall is is so cold that it feels like either one you don't have a good chance but you know what he's trying to ride the hot hand I, I respect it yeah, and uh, as you said, it's the hot hand, right? That second power play unit has looked better through the, the last couple yep. of games. So, yeah, I, I'm totally down with it. Um, Andy, would the Kraken's first line be a first line on most playoff teams? Well, I guess let, I, let's go with the assumption that the first line is the Matty Beneers line, RJ. Because yeah. I think that's for most of us, even if they did get the most ice time tonight, that for, that for most of us is the first line. I think makeup wise, it looks a lot like first lines on other teams. And I think there are a lot of teams out there that are, you know, this would be their top line. You know, is it better than, say, like, you know, some of the top lines around the league, like, you know, Austin Matthews, their next three opponents? Guys? No. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Right. Miko Rantanen and uh, Nathan McKinnon. No, probably not. But the bottom line is we've seen before teams have great success with a first with a top line that includes kind of an elite goal scorer jared mccann in our case right um a more complete and and you know 200 foot minded centerman uh in maddie Beniers, and and then you know someone else who can kind of bridge that gap between those two types of players in a jordan eberly i think of teams like the, the first one that comes to mind for me is boston rj right you had Posternak on one side, just scoring goals like 
you know, nobody else can. But then you have Patrice Bergeron in there, right? He's not offensively minded per se. He's focused on keeping everything flowing in the in the direction for his team more so than piling up points. And then a Brad Marchand where, you know, he's kind of bridging that gap, right? He is going to back check and he is going to lay the hurt on guys. But at the same time, he's capable of contributing to the score sheet himself. And he does like to do that as well. And so I think that, you know, the makeup of the Kraken's top line is very similar to a line like that, or maybe even uh, the Chicago lines from their dynasty in the early 2010s. Right. Um, I, so I, I think I think there's a setup for this. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I was just looking back at kind of Colorado and how they you know, lined up back in 2016, 2017, right, where you had a, a really young core and you had like your, your 20 year old Nathan McKinnon. Again, not comparing him to Beneers. McKinnon's got a, a much higher ceiling. But you have, you know, your, your top draft pick who you're bringing along McKinnon, a 50 point player at that point. You know, you have like a, a Miko Rantanen who's there at, at 20 years old, you know, guys you're developing. And like, I mean, those top lines, you know, they they didn't have a. Um, you know, you didn't have like a, a 40 goal score like Jared McCann. I mean, there's, there's a reason those teams, you know, like 17, 18, you know, we're barely playoff teams. The Kraken are maybe a little bit better than that, but I, I think, you know, it, it fits as far as the progression there. You just, you just need Matty Beniers to come into his own a little bit more and that'll happen. It's just, you know, he's, he's still like 21 years old. Yeah, exactly. Um, has he even reached a hundred games yet? I don't think so. No, he shouldn't have. So yeah, he has quick even... math, regular season. No. Yeah, no. So he's he's at 94 ga- 93 games played. So he hasn't even played 100 NHL games yet. So I got to cut him some slack for sure. Uh, Jay, there's a lot of doom in here, but how about that PK? They've been amazing going back to January. They have RJ. I mean, 0 for 4 for the Blues tonight. I know we talked about him earlier. I'm really just going to take this as an as a opportunity to talk about all the good things the Kraken did that we haven't talked about yet, which includes the, the PK, uh, you know, St. Louis going 0 for 4 there and face-offs. RJ Kraken 59.6% on the faceoffs guys. They're figuring it out. They are improving. They're just not improving when it comes to the amount of goals they can score. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's getting better and, and eventually you'll get those clutch faceoffs that where you're able to build something off of it. Uh, you do get that eventually, but um, you know, good to see some positive signs in the dot. I think it's something we will see improved certainly over last season. Just, you know, I'm trying to go to the the player breakdown for the faceoffs here. And, you know, I have it really here. Behind that? I was just gonna say, you know, Jaden uh, uh, Jaden Schwartz with his hundred percent. We come to expect that from him uh, for the however many you know <laughs> couple draws he gets. At the risk of starting everything in chat again, Alexander Wenberg almost seventy eight percent leading the way for the Kraken. Interesting. You're you're. Your faceoff stats are different. Oh wait, no, I'm looking at a different game. Yep, no, never mind. Ignore that. <laughs> I went back to All a right. previous game. You heard it there, everybody. Ignore RJ. Um, <laughs> Jen uh, Berkey was also injured for a lot of last season. He's just uh, getting started for this season. I hope. Again, I I think Berkey is totally going. Like we're seeing him drive the net. We're seeing him pull up and get shots. He creates space for himself in a way that I don't think any other Kraken forward can. RJ. It's just a matter of finding somebody that he can have chemistry with. So when he does make those moves, somebody else can put themselves in a position to either take advantage of a rebound or be made available. Once Berkey sucked in like three defenders for kind of a pass in the slot. I mean, I mean, maybe like a Shane Wright or a Belmar, if they're going to slide into the slot there, right. Maybe something like that works for Berkey, but it's just, it's, it's been a struggle so far finding somebody who can kind of think in the same ways that he does. Yeah. And this is the first game I think that we're really starting to see what he can do and him get back to his normal self a little bit and throughout watching him throughout training camp and, and the preseason, I've kind of seen that progression like day one coming back really, really kind of slow, laggy, testing things out, you know, shaking the rust off. And it has been a process. Even by the end of the preseason, I felt like he still hadn't shaken off all of that rust. And that's to be expected after missing as much time as he did with an injury. But I think we still haven't seen him ramp back up to a fully 100, 100% yet. Um, so I think this is the kind of the first indication of that. But I think he's still got some room to go. And again, it's, it's not his fault. It's just getting back into the swing of things. Yeah. Um, let's see. Team Spindles, if scoring becomes an issue, should we go after Nylander at the deadline? Look, I, I'd say go after Nylander now. Yeah, when, if you can get a player like that, you go after him. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think so it cool. matters the, the time of year, where you're at, the standings, anything like that. I Just go for it. <laughs> That's yep. what I would do. Um, 
Here's one. I like how active Decord is. He's fun to watch. Even when away from the goal, he is always calm and doesn't look frantic like how Grubauer looks sometimes. And then uh, Jen responding next, Kid Z. I generally don't see Gru as frantic. He just sort of locks in and sticks to a system. Um, we have talked about this before. Usually in, re in regards to Grubauer and Chris Drieger, RJ, with Grubauer being much more like, you know, positional based, right? Really like kind of robotic as far as finding the puck and, and putting himself in front of it, where Drieger is kind of more from the Tim Thomas school of like, you know, leave the net open and then dive in front of it and put on a show for everybody. Uh, <laughs> Joey is, is different. It is like the third style of goaltending, which is like the, the goaltender that wants to be a skater, right? <laughs> like That's how I yeah. describe it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think when he's actually in his net and looking at his, his positioning, he's like generally pretty restrained because he knows he's not a larger goalie too. Mm -hmm. And I think he reacts to that in a similar way to Philip Grubauer, where he makes sure his angles are on. He, he allows himself to kind of have his crease there to, to remind him where he is. Um, but yeah, whenever a puck is kind of close to him, he, you know, can absolutely go get it or, or go out and play it. But uh, I, I think just, you know, kind of, calmer in the crease i think grubauer is kind of calm in that same way too but i think it's good having that consistency where both of your goalies generally when they're playing goalie you know when they're in the crease mm -hmm. when they're just defending like that it looks fairly similar now when you say uh keeps his crease so you can kind of know where he's at is that another way of saying he plays a little deeper in his crease because that i have noticed from joey compared yes to that's what grubauer. i mean yeah 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 and is that just a size thing you think a little bit. Yeah. I think, I mean, you don't want to get caught off your angle if you're a smaller goalie too. Um, yeah. I think it's a part of it's a size thing. Yeah. Uh, super chat here from Kitty B Kraken. Love that logo there, by the way, Kitty B Kraken. <laughs> uh, good choice. Super chat for really good effort. Kraken were the better team tonight. Dance and days are on the way that they are. We will be getting back to Emerald city dance parties at some point here. Uh, so I accidentally mute myself. Um, we will, they are definitely coming. And hey, we got out of the therapy sessions and into what the slam poetry. So that's what the shootout losses I think we decided. Oh, for. yeah, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't prepare my poem for this time. Next yes. time I'll have it ready. Um, but yes, thank you for the super chat. And it is very, very true. They, they are coming. I, I'm telling you, RJ, they're going to meet these next three games. Challenge on. They're, they're, they're going for it. Also, worth remembering too, the Kraken uh, last, all of last season didn't lose four games in a row. They stopped all their losing streaks at three games. So time to put that to the test again. Yeah. Um, Varane fact-checking me here. Uh, has Wenberg been on the power play this year? He's got 33 seconds of power play time. So, all right. I guess he's not double dipping as much as I thought, or maybe as much as he did last year, um, which probably fine considering he doesn't want to shoot all the time. Good catch fire. And I, sh I probably should have caught that because I, I know the power play units. Yeah. He's not out there usually. Yeah. Um, I thought about it too, when I said it, but it was like, but it, it was last year and it feels like, it feels like anybody could be in the bumper slot RJ that you don't think is on the power play. Cause they never, you never see them anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Slide them in there. Anybody could do that. Uh, Lindsay, at least the Huskies won today. Go dogs. C great game. Great that was a game. great game. So fun to watch. I had to just listen on the radio, but it was absolutely fantastic. And, um, RJ, what's, what's going on with uh, your alma mater right now? Don't ask, man. Don't ask. What, too soon? Uh, <laughs> hey, at least you have one. At least you have one. I'm repping this shirt for nothing. There you go. Hey, they got a semi-decent basketball team. Every so often, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Daniel, this season I've noticed other teams use drop passes on power play zone entries. They just snap them back a lot quicker than the Kraken do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty common league wide. That's that's kind of been the standard now is to is to do that. Have somebody enter with a ton of speed. Hey, you know, if you've been around for any length of time listening to us on post games or on the deep dive, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that strategy. Um, do you, I do think that there might be something to the Kraken when they do do that stuff, RJ, they don't necessarily go for speed in those situations. No, they don't. I mean, other teams do use it to build up a lot of speed on the entry and they're really decisive with it. It still feels like the Kraken a lot of times kind of do that half-heartedly or they don't really fully believe it's going to work. And so they don't kind of, you know, commit to where that player is going with the puck or, or it's really predictable. I mean, I, I've watched them in practice a lot working on this stuff and they have like three plays that they, that they can go to and three different looks. And if you kind of do your, watch your tape, you memorize those, you kind of get the indications of which way they're going. It can be kind of easier to 
to pick off. Um, yeah. But yeah, other teams might have more varied looks off of it too. Yep. All right, going a little lightning round here for the for the end. Uh, Driggs is Chaos Goblin. I stand by this from Jen. Good a descriptor as any. I mean, it's it's wild and it's fun to watch for sure. Um, uh, Kyrie asked, "What about our? You know, what do we think about the Kraken getting Patrick Kane?" Uh, lots of people say no to that in the in the chat. I would still say no, especially after what we saw from him last year. I. I, th- I don't know how much he still has left in the tank, RJ. Doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, yes, he provides some finishing in theory uh, ability, but didn't look that good at the end of last year. And and also just defensively, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then did you notice Gord really wanted a goal? At least the first half of the game seemed like he wanted to take over the game. Very spunky. I mean, that's, that's Yanni Gord. That's what he does. He's a, he's a boxer. He was a dog breed, right? Like th- we talked about this on the deep dive. Um, he is that guy. He's one of those veteran leaders on this team. And he is one of those guys that it does feel like RJ that when they need a spark 99 out of a hundred times, it seems to be him. Yeah. He knows that. And when things aren't going well for the team, he tries to give him a spark. We saw it a ton during the inaugural season when things just weren't going well for extended stretches. Gord so often was the guy who would come in there and try and provide a spark, try and provide something for the team. He can sense when the team needs that. And, and he was all about it. Yep, definitely. All right. That's going to do it for the comments here on post game live. Thank you everybody for joining us. Thanks to flat stick pub for uh, sponsoring post game live, throw this back up there. Cause again, everybody, this is a great deal that they've got all season long for these cracking home games at their South Lake union location, especially, you know, Go, go for the pregame. Everybody can get on the same page about how you're going to boo Kale McCarr whenever he touches the puck, as Jay mentioned in chat <laughs> earlier. I know I didn't read it out loud, but I saw it, Jay. Uh, and then after the game, you know, especially because we think the Kraken are really going to step up for that game. At least I do. I won't speak for RJ. Um, you know, hopefully go back over there after the game, get a dollar off beer as you celebrate uh, the Kraken's first win of the season. I think that sounds like a pretty perfect night out, especially on a Tuesday, RJ. That would be a pretty nice way to go about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. No better way to spend a Tuesday. And I'm just looking forward to the home opener. Happy to have everyone home again. You know, this road trip, uh, I'm glad to have it over with. Um, Just happy to have the Kraken back uh, in Seattle, hopefully very soon. Yep, definitely, definitely. Thank you all for joining us for this one, and we will see you all next time.